the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Radio. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Monday morning, October the 3rd. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Colado and Alicia Quivido. Hey, guys. Good morning. It's October. Yes. It's it our birthday Friday, month. It is. <laughs> All the way through those October birthdays. Yeah. Well, That's pretty funny. Friday was the 30th. What? That's right. You're right. Saturday. Yeah, so it's October. Yeah. So, good. so it's our first October. Yeah. Pretty exciting. You know, another exciting thing is that... Um, Mother Teresa, No Greater Love, the movie starts mm, today, today, plays today and tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so I hear lots are sold out, but check check uh, your local listings and see if you can get a seat for Mother Teresa, No Greater Love. Should be fabulous. So, well, let's start with prayer this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty, ever-living God, who in the abundance of your kindness surpassed the merits and the desires of those who entreat you, pour out your mercy upon us to pardon what conscience dreads and to give what prayer does not dare to ask. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. St. Mother Theodora Guerin, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We have some events in your listening area we will give you details about. That's coming up in eight minutes. Lonnie Thibodeau joins us as our first guest in 18 minutes. He's the Director of Communications and Public Relations for the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau. And today he's going to give us an update of what you're going to find in the October issue of the Bayou Catholic Magazine. Alan Migliorato joins us in 35 minutes. He's a co-author of Failing Forward Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. And every Monday, he joins us to talk about raising Catholic teens in today's world. It's always an entertaining and fun segment with Alan, so always looking forward to that one. And in 48 minutes, Father Tim Grimes joins Alicia and Damian in the Baton Rouge studio. He's a parochial vicar at Sacred Heart of Jesus Church in Baton Rouge. And today, he's going to dive deeper into Eucharistic devotion, the meaning of the Eucharist. So it's going to be a great interview with Father Tim Looking forward to these segments. Always look forward to the Eucharistic segments, Damien's. It's a great time, and I, l- I learn a little bit more than I did before. Yeah, exactly. And uh, weather-wise, boy, it's just been plumb perfect uh, for the last week or two, and it's going to continue that way all this week. Uh, we'll see plenty of sunshine. A few, a few clouds are going to move in during the afternoon hours, but no big deal. No real chance of rain in the forecast, and winds will continue to blow out of the north-northeast at about 5 to 10 miles an hour. So it's so nice when you wake up, it's cool, refreshing, and you've got that little breeze blowing. High is only going to be 86, the low in the upper 50s. And as I said, it'll continue that way tomorrow and the next day. 
Baton Rouge, currently it's 58. Elsewhere in and around our area, Gulfport and in Mobile, it's 61 degrees. Over in Covington, it's 56. Home of Thibodeau, it's 60. And in New Orleans, Crescent City, it's 67 degrees. And so, uh, boy, I hope you guys have been able to get out there and enjoy mm-hmm. this weather because yes. I don't know how long it's going to last. <laughs> Summer might come back, you mean? Uh, it's October. One. Summer can't come back, right? I, I never doubt <laughs> Summer temperatures. Uh, I mean, that could always happen. That's true. You're right. I don't know why, but it can. Isn't that crazy? But October is usually our best month of the year. That's right. In a lot of cases. Yeah, that's right. We're big October fans, right? Well, yeah. Around here. All of our birthdays are in October. (laughs) Kind of hard not to be a great month. (laughs) Well, don't go away. We have the Gospel of Luke coming your way and some events that you're going to want to know about right here on Wake Up. Today's gospel is taken from Luke chapter 10. There was a scholar of the law who stood up to test Jesus and said, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? He said in reply, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. He replied to him, You have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But because he wished to justify himself, he said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man fell victim to robbers as he went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. They stripped and beat him and went off leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down that road, but when he saw him he passed by on the opposite side. Likewise a Levite came to the place, and when he saw him he passed by on the opposite side. But the Samaritan traveler who came upon him was moved with compassion at the sight. He approached the victim, poured oil and wine over his wounds, and bandaged them. Then he lifted him up on his own animal, took him to an inn, and cared for him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper with the instruction, Take care of him. If you spend more than what I have given you, I shall repay you on my way back. Which of these three, in your opinion, was neighbor to the robber's victim? He answered, The one who treated him with mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. We've heard the gospel. And now we reflect. In today's gospel, a scholar of the law tests Jesus in the sense of trying to lay a trap for him. What must I do to gain eternal life? In reply, Jesus said, do? Well, you don't do anything. You just accept me as your Lord and Savior, and then your salvation is guaranteed. Instead, Jesus answered with a question. What is written in the law? The scholar quoted Deuteronomy and Leviticus. You shall love the Lord your God with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Jesus replied, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. This scholar of the law began with the motive of trapping Jesus. But Jesus' reply softened his heart and diminished his pride. So he showed an openness to learn with the question, who is my neighbor? Jesus's reply came in the form of the well-loved parable of the Good Samaritan. 
At the end of the narrative, Jesus asked, Which of these, in your opinion, was the neighbor to the robber's victim? The shocked scholar couldn't even bring himself to say the Samaritan, but only the one who treated him with mercy. Loving our neighbor as ourself is a difficult standard, especially when everyone becomes our neighbor. During the Last Supper, Jesus raised the bar considerably. I give you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you, so you also love one another. This is how all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Wow. Loving as Jesus loved is not difficult. It's impossible. That is, impossible apart from grace. But it is his command. Our world would be very different if we Christians lived it. Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sanders. And welcome back to Wake Up 11 After the Hour on a Monday morning. And so glad you could join us. A number of events taking place in and around our area. So here we go. Franciscan University in Baton Rouge will be hosting two special lectures featuring bioethics speaker Dr. Miguel Romero. This Thursday at 630, uh, the topic will be disability, beauty, and bioethics an impractical theological proposal. Basically, uh, they're going to be talking about a number of issues that we're faced with day to day right now, and how do we deal with them? It's going to be in the Biological Learning Center, and it's connected to the Baton Rouge Physical Therapy Building. The exact address, for those of you who want specifics, 5222 Brittany Drive, Suite B, Room 100. I know you have all that. Uh, make it easy on yourself. Go to tinyurl.com slash RomeroFranU1. Boy, that's a lot of information. That is a lot of information. I bet Gabby can link that in our The light refreshments will also be served also the following day uh, at 9 o'clock in the morning on Friday, October 7th. The topic will be immigrants, health care, and the vice of Acidia. Not my people, not my problem. Again, mm-hmm. another great topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. David Witten uh, okay. from uh, Fran U. We talked awesome. about it last week, yeah. and we got into some specifics. But I thought for those of you who wanted to be reminded, it's going to be taking place this week. That sounds great. Also, this week on Wednesday morning, October 5th, from 7 a.m. until 8 a.m., Sister Dulce Maria is holding her men's spirituality class. That will be in the chapel of the... in the Chapel of Divine Providence at Mercedarian uh, Prayer Center. That's located at 17560 George O'Neill Road in Baton Rouge. Again, that's for men, men's spirituality class, Wednesday, October 5th, 7 to 8 a.m. Awesome. Well, the Retori of Baton Rouge Core Meeting is happening on Saturday, October 8th from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Immaculate Conception Catholic Church in Denham Springs in the church hall entrance on the left of the church. So presenting couple is Bill and Missy. They're going to be talking about forgiveness and healing. Please RSVP and let them know if you plan on bringing a dish 
to share. Uh, remember, this is optional, they said. So only couples who have attended a Retrovi weekend and post sessions are invited. No family members. This is a time of healing for these couples. For more information, uh, you can call Chris at 318 318- You know what? I'm just going to post this in the comment section for today's Facebook live video. We are streaming on Facebook right now. You may not have gotten a notification that we are streaming, but we are on Facebook. So facebook.com slash Catholic community radio. You can go and check it out in the comments. Awesome. And uh, distribution of theology is coming up October 26th at 6 o'clock. It's for us guys to attend. It's free. And there's also going to be some favorite beverages that are ice cold known as beer as well as water and that will be provided and food and that'll be available until it runs out doors open at six talks begin at seven and guess who's going to be the speaker this month father david dawson from the tri parishes he's going to be the guest speaker speaking about spiritual warfare if you'd like more information just give me a call here at the station. I'll give you all a little bit more of the details. In the meantime, we've got a lot more coming your way on this Monday morning on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for October 3rd. Today we celebrate Saint Theodora Gorin. Born in France in 1798, Anne-Thérèse Gorin entered the Sisters of Providence in 1823, taking the name Sister St. Theodore. An illness during the novitiate left her in fragile health, but that did not keep her from becoming an accomplished teacher. In 1840, Sister St. Theodore and five sisters were sent to St. Mary of the Woods, Indiana, to teach and to care for the sick poor. There they established a mother house and novitiate. The young community persevered, despite fires, crop failure, prejudice against Catholic women religious, misunderstandings, and separation from their mother congregation in France. Mother Theodore told her sisters, Have confidence in the providence that so far has never failed us. Another time she asked, With Jesus, what shall we have to fear? Mother Theodore died in 1856 and was buried in the Church of the Immaculate Conception at St. Mary of the Woods. She was canonized by Pope Benedict XVI in 2006. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. It is 719 on Wake Up. Thanks so much for tuning in on this beautiful Monday morning. I'm Gabby Smith along with Damien Collado and Alicia Quibido. Just want to say real quick, we are streaming on Facebook, facebook.com slash Catholic Community Radio. You may not have gotten a notification about it, but we are there. Uh, If you tried earlier on in the day before 7 o'clock, uh, try again. We weren't there. It's at, we weren't there around six fifty-five, which is when we usually stream. But try now. We are live on Facebook, and I did link everything, uh, the events that we talked about in the comment section for today's Facebook live video, along with the information from all the guests from today's show. Lonnie Thibodeau joins us next. He's the Director of Communications and Public Relations for the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau. And today he joins us to give us an update of what you're going to find in the October issue of the Bayou Catholic Magazine. Hey, Lonnie, good morning. Well, hello, Gabby. Good morning. 
It's so good to have you with us today. Uh, and let's start uh, opening the Bayou Catholic magazine. I always love getting it in the mail. It's so glossy and just well uh, published. And on page eight, you can find uh, the column on Respect Life Month, which is October, from Father PJ Madden. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, Gabby. Um, the um, for Father PJ Madden, of course, for those who are not aware, is our diocesan administrator. While we're still a diocese without a bishop, mm-hmm. which hopefully will change soon, um, our administrator, Father PJ, and, and, and people who know him know this about him. He feels very strongly about a number of things, but one thing that may be number one is the topic of this column and what we are celebrating this month, and that is respect life. He is huge when it comes to, to this subject matter, and his column is about that. And, and what he talks about, Gabby, for, I think for the second paragraph, I believe, of the column is, you know, I don't think there's anything more beautiful in this world than the beauty, you know, of the smile of a newborn baby looking up at its doting parents, you know, and he uses that example over and over and over again. And he did, the whole column is just about the existence of God and, and right to life, you know, all aspects, obviously, from conception to natural death. And it's just a beautifully written column by Father PJ on, on the thing that we will celebrate, not, not just yesterday, uh, the first Sunday of the month, but this entire month, which, of course, is Respect Life Month. Absolutely. And you're continuing the topic of Respect Life with another column from the Crossroads Pregnancy Resource Center in Thibodeau. What do they have to say about this special month as well? Well, yeah, you know, you know, Gabby, with, you know, all the, you know, Roe versus Wade and the repeal of it in the news so much in, in, in the mm-hmm. last several months, you know, the Crossroads um, uh, Center in, in Thibodeau, uh, especially is a, is a tremendous resource that we have here in the Diocese of Home of Thibodeau, something that, again, Father P.J. Madden himself feels very, very strongly with, about and has, has been closely associated with that organization for a number of years. So it's the Crossroads Pregnancy Resource Center, their formal name. And again, they're there to help uh, um, not only women, but obviously men as well who are finding themselves in a situation where um, you always hate to use that phrase, unwanted pregnancy, or maybe one that they were not expecting. And whether they're struggling financially, you know, maybe they, they've experienced trauma, they feel unsupported to be parents, or Whatever the situation may be, Crossroads is an excellent resource that we have here in home of Thibodeau, specifically in Thibodeau, um, that, that people can call upon. And especially now, uh, since it's so much in the news uh, these days, and especially this month, because it's Respect Life Month. So Crossroads Pregnancy mm-hmm. Resource Center, we encourage people to, you know, to check them out. Definitely. Let's talk about the cover story on your new diocesan formation house. Tell us about this. Yeah, you know, this is a big deal, and this big, this big deal when it comes specifically to seminary, seminary and formation is not just certainly in the Diocese of Home of Thibodeau. It's, it, there's, there's a new phrase, there's a new word, it's propedeutic. And what propedeutic means is it's, it, it's a, one of the four stages, if you will, of, um, of, of seminary formation. Uh, propedeutic stage is, is, is one, uh, discipleship is another, configuration and then vocational synthesis. So those are the four main uh, stages of seminary and vocation. But wh- what propedeutic basically means is seminarians more or less have been given another year, or another year has been added to formation, and that one year is not mm-hmm. sitting or, or learning in a seminary. 
this is there. In our case, we have what's known as the Formation House, which is a couple of blocks away from Nichols State in Thibodeau. But it's an actual house that they live in and uh, where they're learning about life. How to balance a checkbook, how to garden, how to do clothes, how to just everyday things that sometimes an 18 or 19 year old just isn't very good at. And so now this yeah. is it's called the Propodeutic Stage. And this is a great article by Janet Marcel. It's on page 26 in the, in the October issue. They give you the entire lowdown on exactly how, how the Propodeutic Stage works and the formation house in, in the diocese of Oma Thibodeau. I think that we could all use a class, or at least in high school, a class on how to garden, how to balance a checkbook. Although my high school did do a finance class and a sewing class and a cooking class and everything I was so grateful for. Uh, But I think that's needed now so much, um, especially as we're trying to figure all that out as we get older. Uh, Let's Think about it, Gabby. They get out out of the seminary and they're thrown into a parish, and many of whom within a couple of years are a pastor. And now they're they're in charge of the financial affairs of a parish. You know, it's good to now have you know that that kind of training early on. Absolutely, my goodness, what a big step! Well, Lonnie, let's talk about page thirty. You talk about a resident from Lower Terrebonne Parish. What's their story? Yeah, this is awesome. It's Ile de Jean Charles is the name of the community. It's way south uh, in in Terrebonne Parish. And what happened is that particular area used to encompass more than 22,000 acres, you know, 70 years ago. That 22,000 acres today is 320. That's how much land has been lost. That is one of the, if if not the, the, the worst land loss, whether it's, you know, uh, saltwater intrusion or coastal erosion, whatever, perhaps the worst mm-hmm. in the world, that one little area. Anyway, the, the point of the story is they have, for the first time in United States history, they have taken an actual community and relocated it and moved it somewhere else. So what they've done is they moved it further up the parish into the northwestern part, Trever specifically, only about five minutes from our diocesan pastoral center, and they moved the entire community. So it's now called the New Isle, and um, and that's where it is. And the great part of the story is Father Rock Nakam, a retired Catholic priest who's a member of that community his entire life, just celebrated his 90th birthday. Two weeks wow. ago is one of those one of those residents who live in that. It is a tremendous story, and I encourage people to read the story. It's on page thirty in the Body Catholic this month. It's used, again, it's pronounced Ile de Jean Charles, but they now call it the New Isle for all of those who have moved up into northern uh, Terrebonne Parish. Great story. Wow, that's amazing. I I can't mm-hmm. imagine going through something like that, but I'm definitely going to read up on that, and I love hearing about, uh, you know, priests or anyone really celebrating a, a birthday like that, 90 years old. I'd love to sit down yeah. and just ask questions. So uh, that's great. We'll, we'll check that out. That's on page 30. Mm-hmm. And on page 36 of the Bayou Catholic Magazine, you talk about the St. Lucie's Child Development Center in Homa. They received quite a generous gift. Tell us about that. Yeah, quite, very generous, Gabby, over a million dollars. <laughs> and what happened is the St. Yeah. Lucie Child Development Center is for, 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 for young kids, kind of a preschool, essentially daycare in Terrebonne Parish. And what happened is attorneys, Mike and the late Louis St. Martin, two brothers, uh, started this many years ago, uh, and, and they called it the Louis 
Children's Crisis Center. Well, because of COVID and the storm and everything else, within the last couple of years, they were, and, and state regulations, to be really honest, they kind of had to fold that. And what they've done is they've taken the proceeds from what used to be the Lewis Children's Crisis Center and the Bayou Area Children's Foundation, and that accounts for the over $1 million that just a couple of weeks ago they donated or, or endowed, I guess, to the, um, the Lewis Infant Center. They named it after the late Sister Rosario O'Connell from Ireland, who, who died in mm. 2016, and she was the one that helped run the Lewis Infant Center for many, many years. So it is a great story. We certainly want to thank um, you know, the generosity of, of attorney Mike St. Martin, his wife, Ginger, and everyone involved uh, with that story. Again, that, that's on page 36 in the magazine this month, and it's a, just a feel-good, great story uh, here in Terrebonne Parish. Wow. Okay, so we have a couple of minutes left, Lonnie. What is your favorite story in this month's issue? I think there's, you know, there's a lot that's good here. I, I think certainly the formation house, the propedeutic gear that we just talked about, I, I think that story is great on page 26, Gabby, because it, it, for people who are maybe confused, wait, now, I heard you know, my friend's son is going in a seminary to be a priest, and we just know a whole bunch of years from now, one day he'll be able to celebrate Mass. How does it work? That article takes mm. you through the process. As of today, Ooh. how does it work? Year one, year two, year three, you know, it is a great, great story, and I think people need to check it out. And, and we want to thank especially Father, um, Father Mitt Seymour, who, who's our director of seminarians and vocations, uh, who's doing a great job, um, you know, attracting these men um, to our, um, you know, to, to seminary and formation. And it, it, this propedeutic year, while it's a tough word to say, and people don't know what it means. <laughs> I think after you read the article, you'll understand a whole lot better. So that and I think the Il Jean Charles story are probably in a tie. Just two great, great stories, both written by Janet Marcel, that I think people need to check out in the October issue of the, of the Body Catholic. Most definitely. Lonnie Thibodeau, Director of Communications and Public Relations for the Diocese of Home of Thibodeau. Where can we pick up our copy of the Bayou Catholic magazine or read some stories? Sure. Uh, one of a couple ways. One could be if you're in any of the 39 church parishes or 10 Catholic schools, maybe the Diocese of Home of Thibodeau, there are always issues there, the magazine. Or you can go to buyucatholic.org and click and uh, click on latest issues. Awesome. Lonnie, thank you so much for being with us today. Sure. Thank you. All right. Alan Migliarato joins us when we come back from the break with Alicia. It is half past the hour on Wake Up. It's 35 minutes after the hour on Wake Up. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Community Radio. We are joined this morning by our friend Alan Migliorato. It's Migliorato Monday, as we say around here. Alan is the founder of Adventure Catholic Youth Leadership Formation Training. He is the author of The Manly Art of Raising a Daughter and co-author of Leadership Lessons. Uh, uh, failing forward. I missed that part. Failing forward. Leadership lessons for Catholic teens today. And he's a resident of the great state of Florida. Good morning, Alan. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? We are great. We've been praying for you and, and the rest of our friends in Florida. How's everything for you and your family, Alan? Well, the prayers worked. I'm not like my, my office building, I have a sign shop and, mm -hmm. and it usually it's kind of low in the area. And it usually like if somebody sneezes, there's a puddle in there, <laughs> but nothing like there was nothing, wow. not a drop. It was bone dry and, and our house was fine. So we were very, very blessed uh, with keeping our, our property and family safe. 
um, more interested in keeping my family safe than the property because always that can be replaced. But there is, there's been some damage, you know, in, in Florida down south, uh, southwest mm-hmm. Florida, and so we got to keep those people in our prayers. And a lot of people are displaced in their homes and businesses, so that's what we're we're looking at right now is ways for um, innovative ways for like our our teens, our, mm-hmm. our high school teens and our middle school, you know, teenagers to to kind of reach out and and do see what they can do to help. Yes. And that might mean like writing a letter, um, you know, and I know it might seem like, okay, what well, the letter's not going to replace their house. But, um, you know, what we miss a lot of times is hope. Yes. And I think if we can help instill hope in people, um, that keeps us away from despair. Yes. So those those letters, those little letters, mm-hmm. and even just a letter of, hey, you know, um, even send like a toy, you know, or send mm-hmm. something for, for kids to play with or send a note of, hey, don't don't give up, you know, everything's mm-hmm. going to be okay. And, you know, and, and I'm, I'll be your friend and we can write back and forth. It might seem like something very stupid, but, no. but it really does make a difference in people's lives. Right, right. And we also, I know that they're still uh, tallying the death toll, uh, but we want to pray for the repose of those souls that were lost in Hurricane Ian. Uh, so, Alan, you're getting your youth groups together. Are you reaching out via email? How are you How are you getting the kids together or the students together uh, to reach out to families who have, who have um, not weathered the storm well? So I've, I've been um, around a little bit on the on the circuit through uh, like doing talks and things like that right. at different parishes. So I know a lot of parishes down south personally mm. um, who keep in touch with me and you know and request you know to come down and do different leadership trainings or talks or retreats. And so you know through that through my contacts there, um, I've been able to kind of reach out and find out you know hey is there a place we can send uh, even just like a little care packages or or letters. And so it's really just kind of through networking with uh, with other parishes and pastors and, and 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 youth ministers and formation directors and things like that where I can uh, I can reach out and say hey what do you guys need you know we weren't we weren't as damaged as you guys are and and, mm-hmm. and even if we were we want to help one another so what can that's we do right. and then right. with my youth groups uh, up here the ones that I work with we're kind of putting them all together and say hey look here's what happened down south you know um, what would you guys like to do. You know, yes. and, and kind of leaving it up to them. And, and they're the ones that have come up with let's send care packages or let's send notes or letters or, you know, or cards or just something that we can do. That's so these, this is their ideas, not mine, that, that we're implementing. That's awesome. I love that idea. And I do think that a note makes such a difference when you know that you're not going through something alone. It's great to know that someone's thinking about you, praying about you during this difficult time, and that we don't forget about it. You know, last year, particularly Lake Charles was hit so hard here in Louisiana, and, and, and they're still trying to to get back uh, life back to normal. And I think it's important that we not forget about people in those situations after all of the news ends and, and, you know, that scary stories stop being on the air, um, but that we continue to pray for them and, and support them in any way. So, Alan, are you all doing any kind of drives where uh, people uh, can send donations to or send uh, cleaning supplies or anything like that? No, we I really don't have anything like that okay. that I can I can give you yet. But okay. um, I, what okay. I can do is I can always email it to you. Um, we're just in like the planning stages. Yes. But I like to 
I'm one of those people who just like when like when a teenager has a, a cool idea like this, I like to make sure it happens. You know, I so love like it. how can we make it happen? How can I support you and watch you lead this? Like That's I don't awesome. want to take over. Right. I want to be here and and how can I support you? And so like I'm I'm kind of we'll we'll drop like little breadcrumbs along the way. Like yeah. hey, how's it going? How's you know <laughs> right? how's that plan going that you wanted to implement that you forgot about ten minutes ago? You know, so right. Um, right. those are important to do. That's but right. um, I, I'm waiting for that to happen. This we have um, our, our confirmation. Uh, that I, I teach confirmation training, uh, sacrament training. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll be teaching that tomorrow night, and then right. the following Sunday we'll have youth group again. And so hopefully by then some kids will have ideas put together. Okay. Now, Alan, tell us, when you met with your youth group, knowing that Ian was heading uh, to to your area and south of you, uh, did you give the kids some some food for thought, some, some thoughts on uh, prayer or particular... Uh, particular saints to pray for or uh, Our Lady of Prompt Sucker or anything that that to give them hope during this time that's pretty scary when you see a hurricane coming your way. I wish I could say yes. (laughs) No, Uh, no. And so like, no, I did not. And no, no reason or anything. We just, I think we're so used to the storms here that, um, you know, the prayer, and and I really hope to instill in, in all the youth that I work with and their parents that it's not, we don't wait for a catastrophic event yes. to reach out and pray, yes. you know? And so like, hopefully this is part of their, their routine and their, their daily lives where they're praying all day, every day for at different times. Not like what peanut butter should I pull off the shelf, God, but you know, a, a prayer like, Hey, you know, I see somebody in struggling or that kid's mm. eating alone. Help me reach out to them. Help me get over my own anxiety and go sit next to them and talk to them. Just mm. little things like that. We don't have to, you know, we don't have to save the world if we just if we just try to help somebody near us. That that's doing it. You that's know, right. if we all did that. Small small small, uh, small gestures can make big changes. That's right. Small things with great love, right? That's right. Yes. Okay. Wonderful. So, well, I love the the uh, letter idea. I hope you keep us uh, keep us uh, up to date with what's going on and how how we can help folks uh, in the in the Florida area after Hurricane Ian. And certainly know that um, that our prayers are with all of you, and uh, particularly with the with the families that have been hit the hardest and those who have lost their lives. So, Alan, let our listeners know where they can find out more information about you and about your wonderful ministry. So if you want to check us out on Facebook, you can look up Adventure Catholic, or you can go right to our website, adventurecatholic.com, and you can write to me and ask me any questions or tell me how wrong I am about all the parenting advice I've been giving. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody done that? Um, no, I've had a few people challenge, you know, like, especially with the, the, the leadership training, like, oh, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't just let my kid lead and let them fail, and it's like, well... And it's more, I think, people write for understanding more sure. so than to argue. I've had a few right. people, like, really dispute a few things, but okay. that's okay. I, li- I don't mind that. Right. Some of our le- best lessons are learned when we have to pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, and start all over, right? Amen. All right. Thank you so much, Alan Migliorato. He is the founder of Adventure Catholic Youth Leadership Formation Training, the author of The Manly Art of Raising a Daughter, and the co-author of Failing Forward Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. Check him out at AdventureCatholic.com or Adventure Catholic on Facebook. Thanks so much, Alan. All right, guys. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. See, we wanted to give a shout out to our friends at Olind Group One Solution. They are our presenting sponsor of this year's Catholic Man Night. It is our sixth annual Catholic Man Night. 
Yes. Pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. And that is Wednesday, November 2nd. It's at White Oak Estate and Gardens in Baton Rouge. Uh, It is a wonderful uh, way to support Catholic Community Radio, but it's also a great time to spend with your brothers in Christ. Uh, So I hope that you will consider uh, joining us. Our our speaker this year is none other than uh, Coach Paul Maneri, the former baseball coach for the LSU Tigers. It'll be a great night. You can find out more information about Catholic Man Night at ccradio.live. It's right there on the homepage. It's also under the event tab. You can find it right there. But again, thanks so much to Olin Group One Solution for uh, making this event possible for us. Well, stick around. Father Tim Grimes is here. He's been with us all morning in studio. Can't wait to hear from him. He is the parochial vicar of Sacred Heart of Jesus Catholic Church in Baptist. And he's talking about Eucharistic devotion. You're not going to want to miss that conversation. It's 15 minutes before the hour on Wake Up. Your brother Vinny, hey, big, big. 48 after the hour on a Monday morning. So glad you could join us. Shout out to my buddy Vince Liberto and uh, all the good things he's doing for Catholic Community Radio in the New Orleans area. And we appreciate y'all listening day in and day out. With us right now, Father Tim Grimes, parochial vicar at Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Baton Rouge, here to talk about Eucharistic devotion. Good morning, Father, and welcome into the studio. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, you're more than welcome. Hey, let's jump right into it. You know, Eucharistic adoration and Eucharistic devotion, the... As, as a priest, before you became a priest, where were you at in when it came to Eucharistic adoration, and and how did you experience Christ in that way? So my first experience of Eucharistic adoration was at the Steubenville conferences. There were, I think we still have one here in Louisiana, but there were yeah. at a time two of them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So I went. I think four or five years I went, and they would always have uh, Eucharistic adoration as a part of that event. And that was a part of my, I've always been Catholic, but there was a time in my life where I didn't take the faith as seriously. And it was because of the Steubenville conferences that I had a deepening of my own faith, deepening of my own relationship with the Lord. And then when I eventually entered seminary, I did two years at LSU and then entered the seminary, especially at Notre Dame Seminary in New Orleans, I would wake up real early in the morning to go into the into our chapel every morning and pray before the Lord, uh, usually in the the tabernacle, but we would have adoration every morning. So the the Eucharist was very much a part of my own discernment. Great. Yeah. And, and of course, you work with Father Josh Johnson, and he loves the Blessed Sacrament and, of course, uh, Eucharistic adoration. I mean, that was part of his conversion in a way, too. Yes. Can you share a little bit about what you know in regards to that as well? The two of y'all now working together, you know, right. seeing two priests who love, you know, the Blessed Sacrament so much, which, hey, I know you guys do, but we, we don't really know what goes on behind the scenes and how often you make adoration and things of that nature. So we we have a chapel that both of us are able to use in the, in the rectory, so I usually pray before the, the tabernacle uh, every morning. But something we've actually started to do as a staff, he did this at Holy Rosary, now he's doing this at Sacred Heart, 
once a week we'll have Eucharistic adoration as a staff for 30 minutes. Nice. Oh, nice. And then we'll do a Bible study for an hour after that. Okay. So wow. he's definitely encouraging the Eucharistic devotion among the staff and among the parishioners as well. So why are people so shy or apprehensive about making Eucharistic adoration? I know I hear stories. One, they don't know what to do when Mm -hmm. they get there. Mm -hmm. Two, they don't know how to pray or is there a certain prayer that they should say and they're not aware so they don't, again, act on it. Uh, Some even say, hey, I fall asleep. Because it's quiet and I'm I, I'm at peace, so and in a way, to me, that's not a bad thing. Right. So, right. but but what would you recommend to someone who who is getting that little inclination? Hey, you ought to go make a, a, a Eucharistic adoration, but yet they they won't jump the fence to go do it. So, when thinking about your question, uh, I think about you know whenever we go outside and the sun is shining on us, it has enough an effect on us without us doing anything. Mm -hmm. And I think the same is true in Eucharistic adoration. We don't, I think half the battle, if not even more, is just showing up for adoration. And uh, if we're not sure what to do, sometimes just showing up, bringing a Bible with us, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe praying with one of the Gospels or the weekend readings. Uh, But I think just simply showing up and allow God to shine on us and to, to work in us is over half the battle and they don't have to do it for an hour Uh, i mean sometimes it's you know i i know of some friends who go literally and maybe spend three or four minutes Mm -hmm. they'll they'll pass Mm -hmm. a church and they know that the the, you know they could dart in just say hello to god jesus that's hey jesus how you doing Mm -hmm. stay with me today and and then you know Mm -hmm. head on out right Mm -hmm. and 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 even that it's it's do people just don't understand that the, the the Eucharist is indeed the body and blood of Christ? Is that because we hear studies? What are you getting from young people and church parishioners? I mean, are, 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 is that a misunderstanding that just can't be uh, resolved immediately? I know we have the Eucharistic revival going on, and the right. church is doing everything they can to, to get people to understand the beauty of the Eucharist. I think— uh, from my experience, the the people I encounter, I think certainly have a a belief in the Eucharist. But I know I would say a lot of the maybe a lot of the people who come on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I've read that it was two thirds of Catholics believe that the Eucharist is just a symbol mm-hmm. instead of the true body and blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, so I think while probably a lot of our weekly attending masses probably believe it is the true presence of the Eucharist. So it's part of it is reaching out to the people who may not come to mass every week. Oh, right. Okay. And, um, and, and, and again, how do families get involved? I, I, I believe that for me, my family never did it. Mm-hmm. Okay. It wasn't until I was mid twenties before I even understood mm-hmm. what an Eucharistic adoration well, was. Well, I don't know that it was so popular, adoration chapels being open, perpetual adoration. When I was younger, I don't remember that happening. Mm-hmm. You know, it was more of a special mm-hmm. event than an ongoing uh, perpetual adoration. Right. Seems, yeah. for me anyway, seems to be a, more of a newer. But I remember at one point when my children were attending uh, Catholic school here in Baton Rouge, the, the church 
actually had family you, mm-hmm. uh, adoration yes. uh, one day a week for about three or four hours you okay. could go. That, I thought, was pretty cool. That yes. We actually started bringing our kids. And, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of people are like, man, well, how old should the kids right. be? Yeah, I understand that. We, we didn't do it like when they were two years old. Right. But, but when they were finally making their first communion and on, we went as a family, and I I'm, I'm like to think it kind of got instilled in their minds, mm-hmm. the beauty of, of attending adoration. So, so what is the, the gain, okay? Why should I take time to make adoration? I, so I think it's because a relationship with the Lord is important, mm-hmm. and the, deep, the easiest way to deepen our relationships with the Lord is the, through the Eucharist and Eucharistic adoration. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think just my life is an example of how life-changing simple Eucharistic prayer mm-hmm. and Eucharistic adoration can be. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would be a priest without my Eucharistic devotion. Uh, yeah. Well, that's so I think it can be life-changing. It, it, I, I agree with you. It is life-changing right. and well, for me, especially when you're struggling, and mm-hmm. I, I just find so much peace when I, well, I get before Christ. I think it's like anything that if you want, you know, you're making a new friend, you're developing a relationship. The more time you spend with them, the more you get to know them. So the more time you spend with our Lord, right. uh, the more yeah. you get to know him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Well, with that being said, let's all pray. And Father, I'd like to ask for a, a, a prayer uh, from you to sure. wrap up our show, but in particular... Uh, that we may have a stronger desire to visit Christ on a regular basis in, okay. in adoration. So in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Lord, we ask you to deepen our understanding, and especially our heart and our belief in the Eucharist. But most of all, may we have a deeper relationship with you. May we come to know you and you to know us. And we entrust all these prayers to Mary, our mother, and we, and to all the saints as well. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you for being with us, Father Tim Grimes, Sacred Heart Church Parish in Baton Rouge. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. Have a wonderful Monday. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Radio.